What's happening, people? It's another episode of The Giants, guys. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. Back in the lab with, of course, Michael Stewart, The Truth. I got Zane Payne. And as promised, Mr. Senior Bowl. I love the title. Mr. Senior Bowl, Justin Pennick. What's happening, gentlemen? Is everybody all right today? Everything's good. Everything's great. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, look, we, we, we're live here on Tuesdays. We do this football thing called the Giants, guys. We try to talk to all sorts of different people. You know, we, we've been fortunate the last couple of weeks. Like, we had on David Deal. We had on uh, Koika Mitchell. We had Leonard Marshall. So we're doing yes. good with interviews. But we never have as much fun, you know, as we do when we get the media guys on. Like, the media guys, especially the John Boy guys with, with Bobby and Justin. Because they have a really cool perspective because they do it full time. And they're into it you know, probably way deeper than I am and definitely my guys. So um, this is the senior bowl edition. It's kind of a recap. I actually asked Justin last week and he's like, yo, I'm in Alabama. I can't hang out with you. So <coughs> just totally having fun. I'm, I'm so, so happy that you're hanging with us, Justin. Um, I know you're, you know, you're jammed with a lot of different stuff. So, you know, I'm going to ask some questions and give you some softballs, too. Oh, please do. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for thank you for having me on. Um, I, I feel weird that you call me a media guy. I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, <laughs> well, hey, I, you know, we're, we're, we're working. We're, we're, we're doing good. You're right. I'm, I'm doing it full time. And this is uh, uh, I'm always glad to be here. I'll always be, you know, hey, instead of instead of a beer, I, I'm on a I'm on a diet. And I've recently lost like uh, I'm on I'm on 20 plus pounds that I've lost. So, yeah, instead of, instead, of a, instead of having a instead of having a drink and having a brewski, I'm gonna have my uh, my 64 fluid ounces of water. No, good that I for drink every day. No, no, good for Very you. Good. Like, I mean, one, I mean, to to all the people that are in this show, you're a media guy. In fact, I even told the guy today, I'm like, look, if I pass on or someone passes on an article you don't like. You know, you can't just immediately say, well, that's clickbait. We're just giving you the information. Yeah. And then you can decide whether you like it or not or read it. Like, just because I retweet something, because I retweeted the article um, from Heavy, which was the ESPN information on trading uh, Tony. I'm not saying trade Tony. I'm saying here's this piece of information, whether you want to read it or not. So you have you know that you're um, – you know, doing it every day, you're kind of considered a media person. So I, it's it's a compliment without a doubt. The nice thing is, is that you're doing it different and better. How about that? I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so whatever we want to get to, we want to get senior right. bowl stuff. We want to get yeah. to wink. Whatever we want to get to, I'm here. Let's do oh, it. I, I gotta let's, go. Let's go. What's that, Michael? I said, let's go. Yeah, let's go. I'm droning on. Um, okay. I'm going to read you one, two, three, four real quick notes and then help me. I'm going to start off with the QBs. It's the 800-pound gorilla in the room, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and um, I know you guys, you know, we're in Alabama. You got some really cool, you know, insight on what you saw. Um, the game, eh, you know, exactly. Take it or leave this, this, this is kind of – and this is like really like the cliff notes. All right, so pick it. You know, he goes six for six. However – that the one throw he needed to make, he could have had a touchdown, but he underthrew the wide receiver in the seam. The wide receiver smartly goes down and gets the ball and pops back up and he gets yards after the catch, right? Mm-hmm. If he had hit, if Pickett had hit him, in, you know, on the fly in the seam, 
That might have been a touchdown. So I know he went six for six, but the one throw I thought he should have made was that seam route, and he really didn't. He kind of, you know, he do- he basically threw it in the turf. Um, Ritter, okay, I thought looked pretty fluid, comfortable. Um, he definitely wanted to impress, like, hey, look at me. Thought he made all the throws he needed to make. I, I, I you can't say I can't say you know uh, he had a bad day. He had a great day. I thought he stood out. You know, looked super athletic, looked good under pressure. Right, Willis, and I'm going to give right this to you in a second, Justin Willis. What what bothered me about Willis is, and I again, I watched all your stuff. And for all you peeps out there, make sure you go to their YouTube channel and check out you know their on site. Um, show it's fantastic i watched the whole thing all the way through and it was it was neat they're on site they're breaking it down willis you had mentioned all week long was just electric ball popping out of his hand just you know almost throwing too hard for receivers to catch but then in the game he just looked like jalen hurts all he wanted to do was run bail out run bail out run and i I was disappointed in that because I was there to see. I've been critical of him because of his height, and I've been critical of him because of Liberty. I've been critical because, you know, the competition he plays, and I get a lot of crap from a ton of people. I get it. And I don't want to – people are like, don't scout the helmet, scout the player. I got it. But in that one moment, I really wanted him to prove me wrong. Like, please let me eat crow. And it felt like all he wanted to do was run. I wanted to see his Mm -hmm. field vision – I wanted to see his accuracy. I wanted to see his command of the game. I wanted him to, I just wanted him to do well because I don't want him. I don't want to see him fail, but it just felt like, okay, that's not what I expected. Right. And then Howell, um, I thought Howell's best play was when he was rolling out, he stiff armed the defensive end that was trying to sack him, you know, on that one play. So he was pretty athletic. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, give me give me a little bit on these guys on, on like what jumped out. Of you. Let's just start with Pickett. Yeah, Pickett was the one quarterback who I feel like he just did what he had to do during the Senior Bowl week. Now, uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to the game, and I get why people do pay attention to the game. It's that it's it's something that we that we can all see, right? You turn on the TV and there's a Senior Bowl game. You know, I didn't really pay that much attention to the game because I do think that the NFL coaches, when they're actually down on the football field, a lot of people leave for the Senior Bowl game too. I don't know how many people stick around um, outside of you know. I made the joke when we were talking before the show outside of Dave Gettleman sticking around and watching the sh- watching the Senior Bowl and you know maybe taking whatever whatever happened that game a little too seriously. But it's the practices. It's yeah. the practices that really do matter, um, at least in the eyes of uh, of a lot of NFL people. So Pickett was the one quarterback. That I feel like he just did what he had to do this week. Day one, um, I thought that you know he he looked all right, and then you know the other uh, day two, from what we saw, he he looked pretty solid. Um, I would say that Kenny Pickett, and this is simply from the the brief stuff that I've done on quarterbacks so far, Kirk Cousins. And there's one quarterback in this quarterback class that if we're, if we're talking just Giants, and this is we're just talking about from a Giants standpoint, there's only one quarterback that I would take in this draft class, and it is not Kenny Pickett. So okay. I only see a ceiling of like Kirk Cousins for um, Kenny Pickett. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but can he be a quarterback that can take you to that next level? Probably not, and that's how I view Kenny Pickett right now. Okay, I like it because I, I I always I thought uh, I I went I went car with Pickett only because yeah. 
I, I like the fact that he played, he's got four years of experience. You know, I like guys that like, like what made Herbert so good is he stayed that extra year and got a whole nother year of experience. So I like his experience. Those intangibles, as you mentioned, might not be there. Um, okay. What about Ritter? I mean, cause I, he, he looked, he looked smooth. Yeah. During, during the game, he, he looked smooth, but day, day one just looked uncomfortable. Day two got a little bit better. And he was the guy that I, he was a guy heading into the senior bowl that in my brain, I was like, I need to see it from you. Whereas Pickett, okay. it was very expected of what he was going to do during practices that week. He was going to deliver good throws. You know, the things that make certain quarterbacks have that magic and have that flair, you know, Ritter, Ritter's able to move a little bit. Howell's able to move a little bit. Willis is able to move a little bit, you know, but the thing that makes some of these guys the magic work you didn't really see during the senior bowl. So Ritter was one of those guys where you need to deliver a throw. You need to stay in the pocket. You need to be accurate. You need to show yeah. that you can deliver certain balls in, in, in certain spots throughout the field. And Ritter just didn't overtly do it for me. So you would say he didn't make his stock go up at all. No, no. I, I mean, maybe he didn't make it go down, but he, and at least in my brain, he didn't make it go up for me. No. Okay. Um, you know, we'll leave Willis for last because he's the most polarizing. Let me, let me interrupt um, one time before we go to <laughs> go, going back on picket, right? Uh, we're talking about ceiling of a car, a ceiling of a cousins. Now, if you're a team that's well-rounded enough that needs kind of a car or a cousin to maybe put them over the top, because the hot rumor right now is about Kenny Pickett is Pittsburgh wants in on him. That seems lo to be lo the word. Local, local boy, right, Zane? Local boy. Yeah, lo local guy. They seem to be in on him. And, you know, with Mike Tomlin running the show, they're always in it. Their O-line knows consistently top 10. Mm -hmm. Their defense gets the job done. Now, if you're a team like the Steelers, is he worth you coming up? Does he do it for that kind of a team as opposed to, you know, a startup like a Jags? The Jags should never take Kenny Pickett. It would be terrible. But a team like the Steelers, is that something they should realistically be considering? Does he move the needle for them? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point, Zane. And, I mean, I would say, you know, almost yes for them because Pickett is a guy where you don't really want him improvising. You don't really want him moving around the pocket. And the Pittsburgh offense these last few years with Big Ben, now maybe they want to get out of this because Big Ben was old and couldn't really move himself towards his latter years. But that offense is a quick-release offense. I mean, get the ball. The ball's out of your hands. I mean, Big Ben yeah. – last two years has had one of the quickest times to throw in the national football league. I mean, especially this year, his time to throw was very, very quick. And they're also, you know, they're, they're mainly centered around running the ball, you know, and really kind of just methodically moving down the field, playing the time of possession game. So if that's the route that they want to go, and if Kenny Pickett can sell them on the pre-snap processing and post-snap processing, which I feel like that's a phrase that's thrown around, and I you know, sometimes you don't even know. I don't even know how to evaluate quarterbacks fully on that. It's very tough to evaluate quarterbacks as well because I don't even think NFL teams are very good at evaluating quarterbacks, let alone kind of us, kind of us fans. So, but you, the Steelers, does seem like a very, very good fit. As hey, you're going from Big Ben, who towards his latter years was not very mobile at all, um, a guy that can kind of get the ball, get the ball out of his hands, doesn't have the most insane arm talent, and once in a while can take the top off. I think Pickett can absolutely do that for them. So if he's there, you know, if they like him, why not? I like and him. And their, best receiver, their best receiver is a slot guy, right? So you move around. Yeah. Um, well, uh, what's well, his you name? Think, Johnson, right? Think about this Johnson, thing. Johnson it, it, is their best guy. It, it also does a lot for the fan base, right? Because think about it. They sell more number seven jerseys in that building than they sell anything, right? Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, that that's going to, I mean, from a, from a business standpoint, that's going to take a huge nosedive when he's not there, right? Here's a kid that's literally going to walk down the street, you know, and play in your building. Like they look at like one ticket sales, Jersey sales, merchandise, good PR, good looking kid. I mean, he's from Jersey's an East coast kid. He's pl- used to playing in, listen, one of the best things I heard someone say, I guess it was the, the guy who runs the senior bowl. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Jim Nagy. Um, thank you. Um, he's like, he's like people you're worried about his hand size. You're worried about all this stuff. He played in Pittsburgh. I'm like, yeah. it's cold. He's, He's been there for four years, so he may be cousins, and or he may be Carr, but in the right situation, Zane, I think, and you just nailed it, he may be perfect for there. Like, yeah. literally, just literally do um, a, what he's supposed to, and then as he gets, you know, you know, groomed, he could do a little bit more to elevate it, but that ceiling's not so high, but it might not have to be because all those other – listen, if you bring a West Coast kid into playing Pittsburgh, he might just bomb, right, because he's not used to playing in 10 degrees. So The, the best teams always start off with these QBs as game managers. Roethlisberger, Manning, Brady, mm-hmm. defense was winning it for him early. It's not till year three or four that they really let him open it up and become these you know, offensive juggernauts if they can be. Yep. I think Pickett fits this situation pretty well. Yeah, he becomes worth that first round grade. Let me Wait, let me oh, go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I just want to chime in about that because uh Pittsburgh's picking at 20. And I don't know, I think I think the most logical first spot for quarterbacks is gonna be six. I don't see anybody going any early in that. I could be wrong, but that's still a lot of capital to give up. But you, you do, know? right? If that's your guy, you go the old the old adage of philosophy is well, if he's your guy, you go yeah. get him. Here's that's, right. that's a lot. That's a lot of the I, best on the quarterback that's not I, really considered elite. I know, but you know what? I, I get crap for this all the time, and I don't mean to sound arrogant, but history is history. I mean, the NFL will show you, regardless of everything we say, the same thing happens every year. Like, one guy says, I need this guy, and I'm going to go get him, and then everybody gets antsy, and they all start moving up. It just happens because that's how hard it is to find quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So I said 2020, there's no way the kid lasts to 20. I said this the other day. No, he won't. In, no. The, in the past decade, there have been at least two quarterbacks taking the top six. In the past decade. Every is that year. accurate? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go, people. The Giants guys are dropping. The that, that, includes, yeah. that includes Jake Locker. Christian Ponder and etc. You understand? Well, so it's going to be three years now. It's going to be three years now. Which I mean, the, the, so the Giants are in this situation where, in a good situation, might I add, where they don't have to force a quarterback this year. Twenty nineteen, I feel like I, I almost feel like they really needed to like get somebody in, or else a, a portion of the fan base was really going to was really going to start riding like Eli's done and he's definitely retiring this year and we don't have an answer at quarterback after him. Yep. So the Giants are in this position with Jones right now. They don't need they don't they're probably not going to pick up his fifth year option, but he still has next year to prove hey, should we franchise tag you or next tag year that. do you have just another mediocre year and then we look to kind of move on from you. So the Giants are in this good position where they don't need to force a, force a quarterback <clears throat> draft or quarterback draft pick this upcoming season. So we don't have like a, a Christian ponder, a drew lock kind of situation where we take a guy and I guess we're expecting him to play, but we know that he may not be that good. But again, 
Craig, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm waiting for you to get to him, and and I know we got to go for <laughs> guys. There's, there's only one guy who I am in a flirtatious stage, which and I'll, which I'll, and I'll explain and, why. But I think we got to get through Howell first, right? Yeah, and then and because and because I already watched <laughs> what these guys did all week long. He's used that word flirtatious a handful of times, so I already know where mm-hmm. he's going. You yeah. just have to hang in there and listen for yourself because, you know, they all had some good analysis, and I'm. Some of it's it's spot on, and some of it's really hard to wrap your brain around it, right? Because some of these mobile quarterbacks have had really great success, and some of them you're left with your you know scratching your head. So, um, Howell, anything here at all? I don't even see Howell make. I don't even see Howell being a first round pick. Howell's biggest weakness and concern is what happens when things break down, and not necessarily his mobility, but just kind of panicking. Oh, if my first read, if my second read isn't there, then I'm going to start looking down and I'm going to start panicking and maybe make some rash decisions. And unfortunately, you know, at the senior bowl, you know, especially during the practices during the week, everything's kind of perfect for you. I mean, there's, there's not really a lot of a pass rush. You're not, you're not really allowed to get hit. You're not getting sacked. So a guy like Howell, you know, he has a really good arm and people have, you know, he Baker Mayfield esque Baker, Baker Mayfield delight. People have been calling him and sure. I'll agree with that guy's a little bit mobile, but I mean, that's the main concern. And, you know, He's that's another short one, right? Justin, is he kind of short too? Yeah, yeah. And I think Baker Baker's another short guy too. I think that's, so that's why people are kind of comparing, comparing him to that. But you know, if you're, if, if things break down in the NFL, cause things are going to break down a lot. Defenses are really, really good in the NFL and they're going to be breaking down a lot. So you have to be able to improvise or go through your reads accordingly and have that kind of processing again, that little keyword. And how will it's to be determined on whether he has that. And also we have a couple more months to kind of sort through that and see if he has that. But that's the biggest weakness right now. And that was not able to be kind of on display at the senior bowl, unfortunately. I'm going to say hello to all the guys in the room real fast. Tuto from Italy. We all know you. We love you. Thanks for jumping in. We see, I see yep. Danny. I see Tom. I see Jake. I see Wes. I see Emmanuel. Manny, what's happening? I see GOS. I see a bunch of you guys jumping in. Um, thanks, Wes. You like my hat? It is that old school. Listen, when they wore this logo, Wes, just so you know, uh, you know, many of you fans weren't born, <laughs> but but it is <laughs> it is my it is my favorite, Wes. And thank you for asking me about about the hat. Um, I'm gonna and if you guys have questions, I'm gonna get to them in a little bit. Um, I love everything you're saying about all the guys. I thought Ritter in the game, like yep. the game, he either held his own or maybe he moved his stock up at just a tick. His, as as you guys well have pointed out, you, Bobby, Snacks, the, 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 all those guys, that he didn't look great in drills. I didn't think Howell looked great, impressive in drills. Pickett, okay, right? He almost went yeah. through the motions. I felt like he was like, I got to be here. I'll just go yeah. through the motions. I mean, six for six, right? So let's get to the the 800-pound you know, grill in the room because here's my thing. Yes, I, I've been getting a lot of flack. These guys are laughing. They're all smiling back there because – I get a lot of flack because I again I always lean back on just the history of the the, the spot the, the position right. My first thing is is that a lot of six foot one quarterbacks as well as Howell being six foot a lot of them don't really make it right. Not many overall. I'm not saying they don't not but overall these six foot six foot one guys usually don't make it right unless they're you know just have some intangible you just you know oh you gotta have it right. And then I have an issue with, and again, I'm I'm sure I'm ready to drop a bomb. You guys, I don't understand how you go from Auburn to Liberty with, with his kind of talent. He could have played 
at a, any, I don't really understand the whole Auburn dynamics. You know, he wasn't starting. And I don't even almost care because he's good. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, as a positive, though, I don't care because he's yeah. talented enough to play at a whole bunch of other schools. But going to Liberty, I feel like if I took, if I took Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes and I put him at Liberty, they throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. He throws for 2,800 yards, you know, and I'm like, okay, 15 interceptions. Like, I don't – now, at the other side of the coin is that the talent's not there around him. So I get that too. What's your evaluation on a guy who wants to run before he throws? We know a lot of these guys. Look, Lamar came down to earth this year with all those massive turnovers. I mean, he was a turnover machine. It does happen. I still love Lamar. I mean, he's super wicked fun to watch to play. Yep. And he and like whether he wins you a Super Bowl doesn't even matter. He'll always be a competitor and bring you a chance to win. Yeah, absolutely. Most of these guys are mobile now. Like Justin <clears throat> Herbert's mobile, Jones is mobile, Mahomes is mobile. You know, these guys are just real. Burrow's pretty mobile, I would think. I mean, I don't know if he's now define now, Craig. I kind of okay, know yeah, what you're I know talking what you're about. Say. Define mobility because yeah. there's a difference between like because you mentioned Daniel Jones in the same breath. Daniel Jones is very good at running a straight line and that's breaking out of the pocket. And Daniel Jones showed an improvement this year. I wouldn't call him really, really good, but Daniel Jones showed a very, very vast improvement from 2019 and 2020 from his pocket presence and his maybe pocket mobility. Joe Burrow is not a mobile quarterback, but he is active in the pocket. You're seeing how Mm -hmm. he's able to break away from sacks, which you've seen this play. You saw that huge on display during the playoffs, a guy breaking away from sacks. I think during Kansas city, you saw that a few times. So yeah, I do think mobile is that what you just said, like mobile is like mobile's not RPO. Like, I mean, like mobile to me is being able to slide up in the pocket, slide side by side in the pocket. And I mean, if you got to, you know, run and slide, take three yards, fine. Athletic, you know, is 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 Lamar, you know Mahomes, even even Rogers, you know like guys that can take off and you know actually make forward progress, yeah. make a move like like even watching Pickett run down the field, I got crap too for that one on how he almost when he fake slid but he didn't slide like that was like, awesome. I I thought so too. That I don't like it. He faked everybody out. That was great. Here's my thing. Uh, I'll, I won't gonna, go, gonna I won't get hurt doing that. Here's you're right, but I won't go down the rabbit hole on that. But I will tell you this: shame on the linebacker for not making a play. The linebacker just let up. Your job is to make sure his butt's on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, so give me give me your thoughts on Willis because yeah. again, I'm hard on him. I want to know if a guy like he had a chance. Just I don't know, dude. Everything I everyone said, man, he can throw so hard. Man, he's not accurate. No, he is accurate because he, he he had a nice bounce back in day two, right? Yes. But do I? But do but is he going to be a quarterback or is he going to be Jalen Hurts? I don't think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. I just don't. It's very hard to convince me that he is. I watched him play the Giants and I was an abomination. I was like yeah. this. Oh my goodness! Is you were begging, any- you were begging them to throw the ball, which is very rare in the NFL. Like I was like, please continue to throw the ball, Eagles, because yep. you're just you're just twice more efficient when you run compared when when you throw. So here, all right. So Malik Willis, 
just from an arm, you know, arm talent, again, another phrase that's said often during draft season. And, you know, sometimes I like punch myself like, I don't really like that phrase. But arm talent is much better and worlds better than Jalen Hurts, at least in my opinion. So here's what I saw from the Senior Bowl this week. What I wanted to see from Malik Willis. You mentioned a critique of Malik Willis during the Senior Bowl game that I wanted to see you throw from inside the pocket. During the week, during practice, whenever there was, whether it was seven on sevens or they were simulating yeah. 11 by 11 on 11, he only broke containment once throughout the week. He only broke containment once. I wanted to see him stand in that pocket and make throws. I also oh. wanted to see, I also wanted to see different velocities on the ball. Not just, you're not just a one, a one speed fastball Fast thrower. Fastball. And yep. There were times where he delivered that fastball, and don't get me wrong, there were some balls that were going off receivers' hands right onto the ground. But yeah, also, saw, one of your guys said that they were looking at their hands because he was throwing it so hard. Yeah, Grump, Grump was football. Grump was saying that. But for those throws that were also there, you also had touch throws. You also had throws that were streaks going down the field that were over the shoulder of wide receivers and in a place where cornerbacks couldn't even touch the ball, couldn't even get to the ball. Yep. So he showed this week that he was not just a one-velocity, only fastball thrower. He showed that he had the changeup in there, and that's what he really needed to show. Something that I saw during foot drills, I didn't really get a chance to see his footwork in the pocket. I'm not a quarterback guru, but something that I watched certain other people who break down all 22 film talking about his feet Too and now, how right? – and how he clicks his heels. I call it the the Dorothy, no, the, you know, no place like home. He's clicking his heels inside the pocket, which you don't want that. When you're kind of dropping back, like let's just say if it's a if it's a three-step drop, right? You don't want to be clicking your heels because you want to get that ball out quick. Now he does have insane arm strength, but you want to be throwing from your base. You you want the power to be coming from your legs. And the dude's huge. He, he's well, you know, maybe not tall, but he's no, strong. But he's muscular you know, he, guy, yeah. He's a powerful dude. So you want the, the the velocity kind of coming from the arm, especially if a play is designed for that quick three-step drop. If your heels are close together and if your feet are close together, then you're not going to get that. But during certain drills, I saw him actively kind of thinking about as he was doing like those, um I don't know what, you know, during, you, you, she was shuffling, shuffling in and out, in and out, kind of going up and down, shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I saw him actively like thinking about, all right, I gotta, I gotta keep a good base here. I gotta keep a good base, and he was going a little bit slower compared to the, to the other guys. I, I kind of like that. That he's not just going willy nilly. All right, I'm gonna click my heels together and just for the sake of going fast, he's thinking about kind of keeping that wide base. Um, Did so it here's you in the game. He didn't do any of it. No, you want to know what? I kind of liked seeing that 40 yard run. Got a chance to see what he's really, really good at doing. And here's the difference between Malik Willis and all these other quarterbacks in this draft class. And the reason why I am most enticed with him, and I'll get to my flirting metaphor, I guess, in a second here. But <laughs> Malik Willis can do things that no other quarterback can do in this draft class. And I don't think you draft Malik Willis for necessarily what he can do for you in the year 2022. Sure. I think you do draft him for what he can do in 2023 and beyond. And okay. those skills do compare at, at the best, those skills do compare to some of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. He is mobile. He is both mobile and he is athletic, like you talked about, Craig. He does have that pocket presence. Now, sometimes he does fade away 
from a play where you know maybe it's unnecessary for you to be fading away or fading towards a tackle or fading back and then delivering a throw. So he does have to work on that and his you know just ability in the pocket, but yeah. the ability to improvise. That's the NFL today. Yeah. The best quarterbacks in the National Football League, you see with Mahomes, Rodgers, these guys can just improvise, and they can call their own plays, and it's like street ball, right? You go over here. You're pointing all your wide receivers to improvise. You go over here. You go over there. You yeah. come down here. You go long. Willis is able to extend those plays, and that's something that Daniel Jones just can't do. He no. can't do. No, he can't. I fear he can't, and, and then we can move We can move off QBs. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. This is my fear fear yes it's not like it's not the ability it's not and that it's it's the muscle memory of knowing how good of a runner he is okay that makes me worry that like instead of waiting for that double move to clear right yeah right he's already gone okay right. and like that's my fear not people like they, they get the wrong impression that i'm picking on him i'm thinking as you said in 2023 when I get him a receiver, like if he's got if he's got a you know a Chase, if he's got an Odell, if he's got a Cooper Cup, if he's got these guys, you know that can make double moves. Is he hanging in there long enough for yeah. a double move, or is he already gone? Yeah. Because I, I want a I want a quarterback that's athletic and mobile, but I want him to be able to throw the ball from behind the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? At some point. Yep. And I just wanted to see it one time. He ran three times. Like, like you could just watch it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, here it comes. Oh, he's gone. Like, I just wanted him to say, because all week long you talked about fastball, fastball, fastball. I'm like, I don't care what he throws, throw a 15-yard pass and let me see you rip it in a window. And I yeah. didn't see that. I just caught seeing him running, and I'm like, if that's he did, the, uh, Craig, I want you to trust me. He did during the practices. He, I know, he, he I know, I know. He 100% did. So there are flaws with Malik Wilson. And I'm not, and this is not me advocating like I want him at five, I want him at seven, no matter what. I think it's way too early to be like this guy, no matter what stage. And if you're, and if you're there, great. But at least for my brain, um, you know, my brain and my mental health is still trying to recover from this season, let alone get yeah. fully invested in the oh, draft. Yeah. Where, where um, does he go, Justin? Where does he go? Just give me one spot you think he goes. Malik Willis? Yeah. I think he's the first quarterback off the board. Who? Who? Uh, I a t top t he, he goes top 10, maybe top 5. And I'm very serious with this. Because to me, it's got, it should be Washington. So yeah. you're saying 11. Craig, Craig, you're saying 11. Justin's saying possibly the Texans. He's saying top 5. Or, or you have a team that trades up that really wants him. Right, right. Because the Texans Which, and Washington, like Washington makes sense because he's a local boy. Texans just need a QB. Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I don't well, know if you're going to get well, the let Saints. Me, to let, me, let, me, let me throw this out to you. There's going to be a semi-bidding war for Kenny Pickett between two teams that we're hearing, right? you got the Steelers, but you also got Matt Rule apparently infatuated with him. Matt Rule apparently is a fan of Pickett and wants him for Carolina. If that is true, there's a team at number six – and there's a team that has to come up from 20. So we're sending the driver's seat no matter what in this lovely scenario that I have, right? All right. If one of them makes the move to five to let's, make sure they get it. All right, let's right? do let, let's do this because we did 25 minutes on stinking QBs. Yeah. It's the most important position, and we're not, baby. And, we're, and, hey, and people – We're not for us right now. Yeah, but we're not drafting one. So, so right. Stuart, Stuart, you had some questions about the O-line or no? Well, listen, I like like Justin, I, I believe they take a lot of stock in the game. 
I watched the one-on-one -on -one battles, trenches, and um, like everybody who saw this, you're probably going to say the same thing I'm saying. Um, I fell in love with Trevor Penning. Uh, mm. the, kid had, the kid has a mean streak in him. He did get beat on one play uh, a little quick. Edge got around him. But I think it's going to happen with him. He's got to learn better footwork. But, man, he's a nasty guy. He's a nasty guy. And he's one of those guys that will knock you down and keep you down. He'll keep hitting you until the play, the whistle's done. Um, another guy I like is a kid named out of Kentucky, the kid Darian Kennard. Yes. Uh, you know, he's played both tackle and guard, and I think he might be a guard in the pro level, but we'll see. But he did pretty well, too. I was surprised with his footwork. I don't know. What do you think, Jess? What do you think on those guys? Yeah, Kennard on, on film, this is something that I got from Bobby. Just tremendously, tremendously athletic, but sloppy during the actual games. Kind of like sloppy technique, but kind of cleaned it up at the Senior Bowl. He had a really good week. I loved seeing just the competition between the interior offensive linemen, some of the tackles to it, and the and the edge rushers, but the interior offensive linemen and the interior defensive linemen, they were some. They had some really really talented on both sides and on both practices, both the morning practice and the afternoon practice. There were some really really talented guys on the interior D line, and, and it was and some of those one on one drills are designed for the defense to be winning those battles. But the yeah. offensive, some of the offensive line really hung in there. Um, you know, the guy from uh, Kentucky was one of them, Kennard, and then Trevor Penning. I mean, you mentioned Trevor Penning. He was just a guy all week where even if it was like a walkthrough drill, and I think you kind of have to have this chip on your shoulder a little bit that you're coming from a small school, that, you know, I got to come in here and I got to make some noise. And I think yeah. Trevor Penning did exactly he did. that. Where, he did. You know, he, was, don't... He, he was hitting people in the cafeteria. <laughs> And like, there were even some plays where it's like, dude, this is a walkthrough. You don't need to be going that hard. But he's just shoving dudes. But even during like the eleven, you know, the eleven on elevens, um, you know, he he is playing to the whistle. You know, you you hear coaches say that all the time. You know, when I you know growing up and playing football, play to the whistle. He is the guy that one hundred percent did it. And you know, mm -hmm. I, I saw some you know you know naysayers and some nitpickers saying oh this is holding on every play well they have officials there and they're throwing flags and they didn't throw the flag at him so he was really dominating guys and you know, i can imagine you how know tall? coach how tall that's a that's a great question i don't he, think he's he not like he looks like he's he six seven they say six seven three thirty all right so change. let me ask a stupid question is he yes, too tall six, to, is he too tall to bend when he goes up against an nfl dn because He's so tall, and he is mean, but, like, sometimes you get those tall guys, they start to lunge a little bit. Is yeah. is he going to be able to adapt? Like, look at Ojolari. I haven't seen a guy bend like Ojolari in a long time. I mean, he's at a 45-degree angle, the kid, which makes him good, and then in year two, the kid's going to explode. Um, Is he almost too tall, you know? Because sometimes the tall yeah. guys have trouble, you know, trouble bending. Now, what's helpful for the Giants this upcoming draft when we're evaluating right tackles and even some of these interior guys, too. Number one, Andrew Thomas is going to be on his island and he's going to take care of his business. But number two, Bobby Johnson, the new Giants offensive line coach, doesn't really believe in vertical sets. So it's basically just come out, punch, mirror, right? That's what they're that's what they're kind of hopefully maybe going to be adapting this year where, you know, maybe the tackle won't be on an Island where a guard can help because you're not going to be going back so far, vertical, vertical, those vertical sets where you're stepping back, stepping back. Andrew Thomas is probably going to do his own thing, 
on that left side, but everybody else is hopefully going to have some help. Help. So um, my concern about him leaning, a guy that has a mean streak like that and who wants to pancake every play, you know, sure, you can have that concern, but the fact that he's 6'7", but he's also 322, and he's not a guy like Daniel Filet, like take, for example, right tackle from Minnesota. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like six, seven, you know, three, three eighty-seven. That's a guy that I'm a little <laughs> bit more concerned about leaning and kind of winding up on all fours. And he's yeah, too heavy and he's gonna start falling. He forward. struggled a little bit with quicker guys. I saw that. Yeah, but Philele out of Minnesota, I think he was a victim, and Bobby Skinner just did a film breakdown on the Talking Football channel. That's where we did all of our Senior Bowl recap videos, not on the Talking Giant channel. We did live streams on the Talking Giant channel, but we if you want the shorter videos, Talking Football channel, you can go there on YouTube. So the thing with Philele, he might have been the victim of like those one-on-one pass reps at the Senior Bowl during practice that – favor edge rushers and favor defensive players where Philele mm-hmm. again for if he's drafted by the Giants he's going to be one of those guys that is not really doing those vertical sets and he is so massive and he is quick too he's not he, like you look at him he's not fat he's 387 he weighed in at 387 at senior bowl he looks like he's 350 pounds he is not a, a a guy with that has a gut on him at all but he is athletic so I would be open to him possibly becoming a giant because we're not we're not going to expect him to go on those vertical sets and be on an island by himself. That he can do a good job mirroring guys, um, and he's not expected to travel that far to get to some defenders. Zane, give me something for edge rushers. Edge rushers. Well, I mean, I obviously want to take away what Justin saw since he was there, but a couple of names I just want to bring up. We know the obvious ones, right? Tibbs, Hutchinson, etc. Those are the obvious guys. Yeah. Outside of that, let's talk about Kingsley and Agbar. Or Anibare, however you say uh, his yeah. name. I don't want to butcher it. He, he's a very interesting prospect. He's a D lineman, not a D end. But where he's going to fit would be one thing. Uh, Myjai Sanders also jumped out big time. Mm-hmm. Big time, big time at the bowl. And then one more name that I want to bring up is the guy that I just love the amount of violence and hatred I saw in him. Jermaine Johnson. He's my man. He's my guy. The violence and hatred has easily catapulted him into top 10, in my opinion, because that kind of potential people bet on immediately. So those are three guys I'm kind of interested in on your end that you saw. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson was my favorite player heading into the Senior Bowl, and I'm glad he was my favorite player heading into the Senior Bowl. He was my first... I, I, if if you do a, if you do a Twitter advanced search on me and if and if you search Jermaine Johnson and at Justin Penick, you'll see I made a I made an announcement. Jermaine Johnson is my first gotta have it player of this draft season, and it sucks because like I I think he was he would he would maybe be an option for the Giants in round two. He's definitely getting taken in round one uh, right now. Yeah. Again, it's still too early. Like we are literally in the beginning of February, and these draft orders and where these guys are going to be taken, I think that's going to fluctuate so much. But he had such a good Senior Bowl where it's hard not to see him going in the first round now. So yeah, Jermaine Johnson. I mean, that would be such a dream to. I to can't maybe remember even... the last time again I saw so much violence in his yeah. eyes. Like in yeah. his eyes, you saw so much anger, and he, he played had a purpose that this week. He had a yeah, purpose yeah. when he came out. Yeah. He sure did. And he's not just a motor player. I mean, he has a multitude of moves. He great use of hands. He's play. He plays fast, and it's go go go. And that, he, showed you know, too. he showed a little counter He showed a little. He showed a little bit of counter at practice. So yeah, what did you say, Craig? Is he a four three guy though? I, I kind of look at him as a four. No, three. he can play three four. He can play three four and four. Th- I think you he can do so? both. But I not on the so. Giants, he can't. He can play the three four with the Giants. I think he can. But where would he? Where would he play? 
like he, I mean, he, like, he played the other side. He played the other side of where Ojolari plays. Yeah, side. he's he's six five two sixty. So I mean, that's a solid edge edge rusher size. I don't think that's a you know like Leonard Williams is an interior D line guy and. You know, he would put his hands in the dirt. So six five two. You know, being being at that weight two sixty, um, I he plays like a violent interior guy, right? But he yeah. does have that. Ed, I think he does have that edge rusher I, I pedigree. I look at him like a Hold like on. a four three DN. Right. If you look at the film, watch his film. He can he plays the run really well. He can even go out yeah. and pass coverage. He's he's he he's a three down line a linebacker or an edge rusher, whatever you want to call him. He he ended up where he ended up because he was backing up. Aziz Ojolari in Georgia, which is why he transferred. So he would have been playing. This, he would have yeah. playing the same Look spot as you, Aziz. That's twice for you, just poof, dropping all. <laughs> oh. What can I say? <laughs> that's um, why he's. That's why he's the man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Jermaine Johnson uh, again, like he he was my one of my favorite guys heading into the Senior Bowl, and Quick he question. certainly did not disappoint. If he's uh, if he's there at seven, not to interrupt, and you know you need an edge, would you pull that trigger even this early? Is he worth that kind of potential to you? No, I wouldn't say seven. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say seven. Yeah. yeah. He, well, guys, you still have the combine. The combine is going to yeah. change the draft board again. Yes, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like at this at this point. Yeah, at this point, I'm kind of just getting like excited about players, and then I'm I kind of like in the in the back of my brain, I'll like look at oh, where is this guy being projected to go? And so I, I feel really bad because it's so many guys that I like. They're like in the second to third round range, where it's like, well, we can't grab all these guys. You asked about yeah. Kingsley and and Agbare. Yep. Um, again, I feel I felt kind of smart. I'm not a I'm not a, I don't consider myself a very good evaluator, but he was the one guy that I said to Bobby Skinner before the senior bowl, I was like, I don't really like him. Like there's nothing that really pops out about Kingsley. It, it, he just, I, I found that he was very sloppy. And I even, I, I watched two games. I didn't just watch one. I watched Georgia and Tennessee, both in 2021. I thought he plays high. He exposes his ribs. And I know offensive linemen, you know, if you're, if you're exposing your ribs on some swim moves and you're going up high, I mean, there are guys that are just gonna, they're going to want to shoot their hands in there and kind of break your ribs a little bit. And then, even though Bobby Skinner was like, I kind of like him. I'm like, all right, we'll see how he looks in the senior bowl. Didn't have the best of weeks. So I think his draft stock, at least after the senior bowl, going down a little bit, we'll see what he does at the combine. And then one final guy that you mentioned was who remind me. My Jay Sanders. Yes. So from Cincinnati, he had the rep of the week against, you know, I, I we talked uh, Daniel Falele. We, we talked kind of ni nicely about him, but smoked him. Sanders had this, it was almost power to speed move where usually it's speed to power. That's like the phrase, but during one-on-one -on -one reps, uh, Falele was the right tackle. Sanders hike goes, starts a power move first and then spins and puts this guy just on his ass. Falele who's 387 pounds. And I have Sanders's, height and weight right here. Sanders is a guy that's 6'5", 258 pounds, and he put a 387-pound man on his ass. Yep. That was a really, really fun rep. It was impressive, and, yeah. You know, Draft Network gave him a Yannick and Gakwe comparison, and I kind of like that. Sanders kind of yeah. struggled against the run a little bit, but he is a quick guy that gets a solid first step. He gained an advantage and leverage with his positioning in terms of how he was able to position himself, his himself approaching a pass rushing rep, and another guy that plays hard. He sets a solid edge, and he has multitude, and he has a multitude of moves. Which you know, again, my.
kind of surface level analysis of edge rushers. I need to see multiple moves. You know, not I don't want you to just be a one trick pony because if you're a one trick pony, NFL tackles, they're going to watch that film. They're going to watch that tape the week before they play you. And they're just going to be like, all right, I just have to stop this one move. And that's a great yeah. point because that, that's what Ojalari was. He was speed and bend. You know, yeah. this year, if someone adds on, you know, either an inside swim or, you know, or something that he can adopt, adapt, he's going to be a great player. Because right now, you watch every rep he takes. It's it's speed, bend, and speed, bend. And then in his sacks, which, by the way, eight sacks is, is awesome for a rookie, right? But they yeah. come in spurts where he does nothing for four mm-hmm. games and then he has two. Like, right. so there, there, there are, there is a, a, a something to be said on, can you come into the league with more than one move? Yeah. You know, like the idea is Craig, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a word that I know is a trigger word for you. Pressure. Oh, no. What's that? <laughs> pressure. The word pressure and, you know, not necessarily, not, not pressures, but just, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, getting around pressure generating pressure on the quarterback on a consistent basis instead of just being like, great, Aziz had eight sacks, but if you disappear for a few games, Correct. that's that's an issue where if you, at least if you're getting consistent pressure on the quarterback, we know that you're there and you're being more of a consistent and, ball and player. And to get that consistent pressure, you need more than one move, right? That's right, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – one last question on DNs. Um, I have these two guys, which one I like, one I don't, but I think – most people have them in reverse, like is um Ajabo, right? And Karloftis. Yeah. I'm I like Ojabo, but I don't like him in 2022. I like Ojabo in 2023. He just doesn't have enough surface. I mean, he he's he's played like 19 games. Like he just doesn't have the experience. I'm looking, you know, what are you doing? Building a house over there, Stuart? <clears throat> I'm getting my notes all set up. That's all right. Oh, that sounds like you're you're banging nails over there. I'm like, what are you building something? Um, I I want to like a jabu, right? I want. I remember, and this is I'm going to date myself here for a second, but but Stewart will know what I'm talking about. Early on, when Strahan was a young guy, he had this guy on the other side of him named Chad Bratsky. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it's a blast in the past. But but Chad Bratsky had this one year, and I could look it up. I don't want to bore you with, but Chad Bratsky had this like all world year for a nobody defense end, right? Because he had Strahan on the other side. Well, with Hutch on one side, of course, Ujabo is going to have a, a good year, right? When they double him or, or if they bring a tight end in or they chip him, right? I think he's telling, but he's got, he just doesn't have the, the snaps. You know what I mean? I want him to have more experience where Karloftis is probably not as talented athletically as Ojabo, I love the fact two things is that he's played like, I don't know. I think it was like 49 games or something like that. Like he's got the experience and I'm infatuated with the fact that he is literally Ryan Kerrigan reborn because they're both Purdue guys. Like, you know, when I look at the size of them that, you know, the hand strength, the hand play, the hand placement, right? Like it just feels like, like, like Ryan Kerrigan died and was reborn as Karloftis both Purdue guys. And I'm like, to me, if you told me I can get 10 years of Ryan Kerrigan, I'd sign up for it in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so like where a Jabu to me is like, okay, well he could be OCU Minura, but he just, 
he just hasn't played the game enough. Like that yeah. was my problem with Haskins. If Haskins had stayed in school another year, it's just about snaps for me. I'm always consistent with like great talent becomes fantastic talent when they're mature enough. And I, I just, I know, I know a job who's going to go probably, you know, maybe the end of the first round, you know, um, maybe early second round, but I like Carlotta. So I was wondering what you, if you like those two guys. Yeah, Karloftis is somebody who Bobby Skinner picked actually in a, in a midseason mock draft. He was one of the the two uh, first round picks. I think the other guy was Neil, who you know Neil probably doesn't make it to five you know now. But you know we we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with people trading up for quarterbacks. I, I saw yeah. a mock draft recently that had Charles Cross going number one. Who knows what these NFL <laughs> who knows what these NFL GMs are are thinking right now? And I think this is a draft where really there's no consensus like this is the number one player in the draft. And that's what I find to be kind of fun about this year. Craig, I'm only on senior bowl guys right now. So, but here's what I will say. We can even, we can even bring Wink Martindale into, into the mix here. Yeah, I was going to, that was where, where I was going next. I don't know. Like, okay. So yesterday, Patrick Graham, or, you know, two days ago, whenever Patrick Graham was defense coordinator for this team, I'm thinking to myself, we have to get an edge rusher. We have to get a top-tier edge rusher. You see all the top-tier edge rushers in the National Football League right now? They're taking, like, top half of the first round. Yep. And that's where they're coming from. And I'm a, I, I got, I'm a guy that likes to look at trends and where do guys come from and, you know, getting value and overpaying for these edge rushers that are free agents. That's just not the way to go. We did it with Olivier Vernon. We paid JPP. He blew off half <laughs> his hand. You, you know, you know how much that makes me crazy with the old, with the with the Vernon thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think that's the way to go anymore. Where you got to draft these guys and you got to hit, and then if you can have them stay in town and if they're good, then they stay. And I think there's a reason why there's a reason why pop like big edge rushers hit the open market is because their teams are okay with letting them walk. Yeah, that's too, that's the thing. So keep keep your guys in house. I am. All for, I was all for with Patrick Graham taking an edge rusher, but now I'm almost rethinking it and looking at what Wink Martindale has been able to do with a lot of these like second, third round edge rushers that we've taken in the past, by the way. Giants have taken, like with the Zoe Carter, O'Shane Zimenez, Ellerson Smith, Aziz was really the first big investment in the edge room that Dave Gettleman had, which, which is we crazy know we should have been a we should have been a first rounder. Which is yeah, and which is crazy to think about with Dave Gettleman that I think he prioritizes pass rush, but he didn't make any real investment besides Aziz. So I'm now rethinking. Wink Martindale is going to draw up these elaborate blitz packages. I trust that the Giants will be able to find athletes because there's a lot of good edge rushers that were at the Senior Bowl. A lot of guys that we didn't even talk about. Arnold E. B. Katie could possibly be a second round pick. Tyreek Smith could be there on on day two. And we already talked about Jermaine Johnson, Jesse Lucetta, uh, D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky was probably the biggest surprise player at the Wait, Senior Bowl that, okay. from the edge class. Hold that thought, that? though. Yes, hold, from Minnesota. Hold that, hold that thought. Yeah. Yeah. So my first question is, before we go down, you know, before we get, you know, in, into the weeds, why is Wink coming to the Giants, in your yeah. opinion? Because, again, like, I'm, I'm – don't get me wrong. I love it. Why is he coming? And I, and I, and I wrote it down um, because the personnel we have right now, I know it's going to change, but the personnel we have right now is a bend, you know, a bend don't break mm -hmm. defense, which is completely opposite of, of Wink and his mm -hmm. let the dogs eat go, 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 go. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's insistent. Like we, we laugh all the time. Like my website, NY Giants Rush is called that because of the rush. I mean, it's put four trophies in the case from, yeah. from, from LT all the way up to, you know, Justin Tuck. So I want it too, but to your point is, or, or my point, which is kind of bouncing off your point is, do we have the personnel that Wink wants? Because he wants, like you said, vertical, get up field, go, go, go. Let yes. the dogs, eat, let the dogs eat where we were playing all back nine, eight, you know, Russian two, you know, uh, eight DBs, you know what I mean? And yeah. And, and do we have a, why did he come? Why did he come? Because it's, it's, it's a lateral position. Mm-hmm. Why did he come? Unless it's, he, unless he becomes an assistant head coach and Dable has a, uh, a veteran to lean on. It's kind of what I was thinking, but why did he come in your opinion? And do we have the personnel to run a wing defense? Yeah. So the personnel thing is the thing that's circling through my brain. Why did he, why did he come to the giants kind of just quickly from, from what I, from what I know and what I heard. It was a mutual parting of ways in Baltimore. I, I think it. I think it was. I, I really do think it was mutual. So I've been kind of. I don't know if you noticed, Craig. Uh, I I did kind of break the uh, the Wink Martindale has the Zoom interview with the Giants. I didn't want to just you know I didn't want to give it to you in case I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd let you, you know, let it go. Yeah. Yes, it was a great job. So I did. So I did hear it was it was very mutual. That was something that I actually asked today because I was like, oh really? I thought Wink was. I thought Wink either wanted to leave or Harbaugh wanted to leave. Uh, so it was mutual. The thing that I just you know picked up from w- scrolling on Twitter, not something that I heard. I think Wink was very comfortable in Baltimore. He wanted a multi-year extension as defense coordinator. The Ravens only wanted to give him one year, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to be on that one-year extension, so. He left. That's what was reported, I believe, last week too, that they couldn't work on extension terms. Where the Ravens said, "Listen, we got a year for you," and he said, "All right, I'm out." Yeah, because I so think Zane, the... you read that too. Yep, Zane. Because yeah, because a lot of people, even this this guy who's a beat writer that I can't stand for the Giants, tweeted that he was fired, and I let him know that he wasn't because he should know his job, <coughs> Pat Leonard. Uh, so. <laughs> He wasn't fired. It was smooth. a, it was a th- thanks. I had a coughing going on. Um, it was it was a mutual breakup, and even the Ravens reported it that it was a one. Just like Justin said, it was a one year extension. He didn't want a one year. They couldn't come to terms on money, and they couldn't come to terms on years. Giants gave him three, three solid years. Big pickup, three years, yeah. and we don't know. We don't know. We don't know any of the. Uh, contract terms money-wise just yet for any of the no, hires, yeah i looked forward years. all day today there was nothing they haven't even released yeah. uh, shane or anybody else we don't know money but we know it's three years so he didn't want to he didn't want to really move far because he has grandkids and again this is this is what i you know this is what i got a, a text message of he didn't want to go far he has grandkids he has family here and he has a chip on his shoulder here you mean like east coast or east Jersey? coast i'm presuming okay. yeah e- east yeah. coast so you know, uh, and what I did also hear is that he has a chip on his shoulder, which I love. I like he's got that chip on his shoulder. I, I have a feeling he kind of wants to stick it to Baltimore of like, you didn't give me that multi-year contract extension. Yeah, watch what I me. watch what I do over here. So and this is where the personnel comes in. Guess who plays the AFC North this year? Oh, that's oh. true. That's so true. Zane, I mean, you got to the rock. He's playing the Ravens. It's gonna be fun. That's gonna be a good are we, game. Do you, do you know on the top of your head? Are we playing in Baltimore? 
Oh, I don't know that. I don't know if it's right, we'll, we'll, Come we'll, on, we'll Zane. Sorry, man. I've got the ball. Sorry. Come on, Zane. Stop teasing us. Sorry. We'll have to look that up. But the whole personnel thing, Craig, it's so interesting because, like I said, with Graham, I'm like, Patrick Graham needs that top-tier edge rusher because this bend but don't break, it doesn't really scare anybody, but it keeps you in games. Like, I want a defense yeah. that does more than just keep you in games. Like, let's strive for more. So, edge rusher was like – predictable. Yeah, yes, like, yes. Because like, you know – because offenses know you're not coming. Yeah, and, and that was also – it was also a personnel issue for Graham. I don't, I don't put that solely on Graham. I think Graham – wanted to run a blitz i think he wanted to run a very blitz heavy scheme this year didn't have week, the dogs week one against the broncos we had an over 40 percent blitz rate zane you're saying timeout like here's my only thing with patrick graham right about what yeah. he wanted this, this will upset me so so much he said himself how how badly he wanted to run man i want to run man so badly he mm-hmm. said it so right, what we- did the giants do they go out and they get a dory jackson now you got two man corners that you asked for James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson. You get your man coverage on the outside and yet still incessantly play zone. Why? Because he doesn't have that edge rusher and you can't dial it up to get to the QB. And that was my issue. You can't keep screaming, I'm going to play man, go get the man corners, and then still play zone. So so Danny breaks, he goes, he he gives me two, there's two comments here, just, Hate to break it, break it to you, but we play the AFC South. So I was about to give you some static, which we do play the AFC South. But guess what? We have the 17th game this year, and it's the Ravens at home. That's the game. Oh, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate that. I apologize. They are <laughs> so one of the just, games, and it's at home. It'll I was be a about game to give you. I was about to give you some smack, and then I was like, nope. Danny came in and bailed you out. Good luck. So Zane, you're exactly right. Graham wanted to do it. That's why we signed to Dory Jackson. That's why we drafted Aaron Robinson. Even. Yep. Even Rodarius Williams, which you never expect anything out of a fifth-round pick, Rodarius Williams drafted as this as this man coverage corner and came in and kind of played well before he tore his ACL. So yes, that was the setup and that was the thought. But if, like Craig said, if you don't have the dogs up front to get home, which nobody was getting home week one against the Broncos, the Giants had the highest blitz rate in the National Football League out of all teams. Teddy Bridgewater still had over three seconds time to throw in the pocket. yourself. Uh, and I think like and Rogers. I think Graham Graham viewed that and hey I'm blitzing none of these guys are getting they're not even getting pressure on the quarterback the quarterback still is a clean pocket I can't be putting my secondary guys on an island because you also have to think about this this brings us into what did the Giants do this offseason James Bradbury is not the best man coverage corner I think he is a very very good zone coverage corner I think he is very very good at covering the men in his zone not just covering a zone of the field and not just covering grass, but he is so instinctual in man coverage, but uh, in zone coverage, whenever you saw James Bradbury getting beat this year, it was when he was trailing somebody on crossing oh, routes. You, you, you read my mind. I was going to say he over his head in a vertical route. He's not great. He's always chasing yeah. people, anything in front of him. It almost reminds me of uh, Corey Webster that way. Corey Webster played everything great in front of him. But anything that was stop and go, you know what I mean? Like any sluggo yeah. routes, anything that was that was vertical on him, he got beat. Yeah. So that's why, even though I love James Bradbury, I really do love him. I think that there's a good chance that he's not here come next year. So Wink Martindale relies on two things. He relies on his pass rushers getting home, which do the Giants have that? Or can he manufacture that? And can we get away with maybe not taking an edge rusher round one 
and maybe taking some athletes in round two and three, like we've been talking about, like at the senior bowl, there's a lot of good guys. And yeah. Joe Shane does like his senior bowl guys. And number two, if the Giants move on from James Bradbury, do we have the corners to play press man? Is can Aaron, can Aaron Robinson possibly make a transition to outside? Can Rodarius Williams recover? Can Adoree Jackson be a cornerback one? Or do we draft somebody? Oh, don't forget Holmes. Don't forget Holmes. <laughs> and again, Holmes is a guy that I don't I don't he's a smaller guy, smaller stature yeah, I guy. I see him on the outside. Where he's not a very physical guy, where I think he will get kind of beat, flat, right? And even, the, Aaron, in, even Aaron yeah. Robinson was brought in to supplement Holmes, more or less. They overdrafted on the slot. Even though he can, he's a physical guy. He can play the outside, but he's right. better yeah. suited for that slot. Right. So, exactly. So, Aaron Robinson, he could be in the slot. But then again, if James Bradbury's moved on, well, then what happens to CB1 slash CB2? And that's the predicament that you put yourself into if James Bradbury oh, is oh moved like on. Well, you know, we got. Big moves got to come because the cap is just, it's, it's, you know, he wants a clean cap. I always call the cap voodoo, but, you know, somebody's somebody's going. All right. Last thing on Wink real quick about that whole thing about cornerbacks. Yep, he needs cornerbacks. And the reason I guess he doesn't care as much about edge rushers is if you look at his, his blitz, who blitzes the most, it's literally all four linebackers spots and then the strong safety. Those are his top five blitzers. Absolutely. All right. Um, real quick. Um, I don't want to – do you guys want to ask questions about about anything else um, coaching-wise? Because we – all right. Uh, give me a 30-second, Justin, on new tight end coach, new wide receiver coach. Oh, gosh. New new tight end coach. Um, not, a, not a lot on these guys, which is actually different from the Joe Judge coaching staff. Um Worked with Mark Andrews, was the assistant tight ends coach with the Baltimore Ravens. So you can yeah. kind of be like, hey, hey, this guy worked with Mark Andrews. And there was a little while where the Baltimore Ravens tight end room, you know, you basically plucked anyone out of there and they were productive, right? Um, so that's I, a lot of pro experience. So that's what I'll give you on 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 both of these guys. And basically well almost almost the entire coaching staff as a whole that, that kind of Brian Dable's putting together versus Joe Judge. Joe Judge, a lot of college guys. And we were saying at the time, like, yeah, this may be good relating to the players, but this is a staff. And you heard Joe Shane say in his introductory press conference too, and Brian Dable might have referenced it too. We want guys that have worked in the NFL that are pro coaches, and that's what these guys are. So there you go. That's uh, not a lot of information on their out, out, out there besides just their basic resumes. Today's his birthday, by the way. Today's his birthday. Who? Andy Biscoff. Today's his birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday if he ever sees this. Is he is he he's the tight end coach, right? Yeah, he's a tight end coach. All right. So how do you uh Michael, how do I pronounce his last name? I think it's I think it's Biscoff, isn't it? All right. There is a YouTube video that uh <sighs> it's floating around there on Biscoff, okay, when he was with the Texans. It's roughly two minutes. I recommend you watch it because you're gonna be foaming at the mouth because he talks about his tight end room on how he has to have a one guy that can do everything, one guy that can block, and one guy that can catch passes. Like he's telling you that that he, I, I can't remember the word he used. It was a buzzword that like you know that, but it was a good one. Like it, it got me going. He was like talking about basically he needs to make sure the defense is at a disadvantage when his tight ends are on the field. Yeah. And I really like, again, if you get a chance, hit it up on YouTube. You can probably find it on Twitter too, Bizkoff. 
It's a, tw- it's a two minute press conference, probably post game, you know, for a Texas game. Do yourself a favor, check it out because it literally got my juices flowing, especially how good the tight ends are this year. We don't have enough time to talk tight ends. We could, you know, bring Justin oh. back. And go. Oh, go. Um, McBride. McBride. McBride from Colorado State, Jake Ferguson are the two guys that well, we know about McBride. Okay. So Justin That's Craig's guy right, right there. Ferguson's Michael Craig's Stewart, guy. Michael, Michael Stewart will tell you. Okay. So like tight ends my my jam. Like yeah. I am I'm 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 because I'm the guy who wants, you know, Bavaro <clears throat> and Shockey and those guys. Michael Stewart, who who did I what was I pining away for last year? <laughs> the kid from uh, Penn State, right? Was it Notre Dame guy? I, I wanted Fryermuth so oh, bad. Fryermuth, yeah. I wanted Fryermuth <laughs> so bad. I was just like, you will, you will be rewarded. Find a way to get Fryermuth, and then he was there, like in like the second round, and they passed him again. I was like, no. Well, these these group of tight ends has got me so jazzed. It's a nice Justin. group this year. Nice group. The reason why I'm jazzed is I'm not doing the old wishful thinking. Second pick in the third round, you're going to get the next, you know, Fuller, Ertz, Andrews. Like, like, like. first of all, McBride. Chad Otten. Chad Otten. Yeah, all of them. All of them can do something. I mean, except yeah. for McBride is completely different. My, McBride is like Ingram, but can do what Ingram never could do. Like, like you know, he's, I mean, look at what he did in the senior bowl. Yeah, like they literally were had him in the backfield, ran motion, you know, kind of faked the fake the chip block, slid out wide open, yards after the catch. I, I was thoroughly shocked how good Ferguson was with, with yards after the catch. I'm like, this guy's got yak in him. Look at yeah. him. Like, and he's a big dude. Like, so yeah. I'm jazzed, completely jazzed about this tight end group. You will see a grown man cry. If the Giants don't draft the tight end in the third round with the second pick, because they're just too good to let go. Those guys won't be there. The, the days of the 49ers drafting Kittle in the fifth round, even though they had a third ground read on That's him, he drops the fifth. Yeah, it's not going to happen because yeah. everybody wants the next Kittle, Kelsey, you know, Ertz. Well, there's five of them this year. Five. Yeah. Or am I, or am I crazy for saying that? No. no, I mean the, the the two guys that I'm most high on are 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 Ferguson and, and McBride, um, one one hundred percent. And if the Giants find themselves possibly trading down from five and seven, I mean I I will I that Trey McBride is a bang the table bang on the table kind of guy to get. So um, I, I'm with you. Where hopefully the Giants are moving on from Rudolph. I am not interested in Evan Ingram being back. No. So I mean. No. If we have no tight world, ends. There was if we're, if tight we're end. in a world where Caden Smith is tight end one heading into the year, I'm okay with it. But because he's a blocker. let's also let's also get a guy that we can also be excited about for the future yeah. at tight end. And I think really, you know, even if it's if, even if it is a guy that's coming from like the third fourth round, there are a lot of guys in this draft class where I'm like, yeah, cool, let's Absolutely. let's rock and roll. Well, yeah, the kid from Ohio State, um, Rucker. Yeah, I mean, we've been, you know, we've gotten a little friendly with Jake Ballard over the last year. I mean, Jake Ballard caught like 40 passes at Ohio State and then had a absolutely stunning year in 2011, right? I mean, just, you know, no one knew he had such soft hands. Rucker reminds me of the same guy. Like, he didn't catch a whole lot of balls, but he just may need to get more more targets. You know what they I mean? They don't use so, them. They don't use a tight end in Ohio State. They're, they're like another lineman. So, you know, you're going to get a, a blocker. 
if you get a kid out of Ohio State, tight ends. Yeah. All right, let's have some fun because uh, I know you don't want to hang out with us all night. And by the way, um, thanks so thanks for coming on. I mean, I really I, I always uh, appreciate when I can get you know you Bobby and your crew to come on. Um, we always love what you guys do at Talking Giants. Um, all right, so this is the speed round. Super, <laughs> super, super fun. I love doing this. Zane, do you, oh, I didn't mean to cut. Zane, you got any last things you want to throw out there? Uh, I don't want to leave you hanging. No, that's all right. I sprinkled it That's it? There. <laughs> I mean, my only right. thing would be, now. I'll throw one thing then. This is just opinion, right? We're, we've obviously having we're having coaching turnover, retired, not being retained. Running backs coach. What's what's going to happen there? I'm not expecting a name, but who are we looking for? Because I think Burns is retiring. I don't know if his contract's up or retiring. I yeah. believe he's retiring. So you need a new running back coach, and we need some influx in that position anyway. What kind of candidate are we looking for here? Tiki Barber. I, I was going to say, I, I kind of want that at all. I kind of <laughs> want a young, I kind of want a younger guy in there. Uh, I, I really do because whatever I actually was pretty critical of, of Burton Burns. And it's so tough with position coaches because we're not in the building. We don't know what these guys are communicating, but clearly, <clears throat> clearly there was, there was a drop off in how Saquon Barkley played the game of football. And I think it was part physical, but it also was mostly mental yeah. and Burton Burns not being able to really tap into that mental side of the game for that's, Saquon Barkley. That's a great point. That's a great you know, point. I get it. Wayne Goldman was good. He was efficient. They did good things in 2020, but I mean, 2021, like Devonte Booker should not be on the same level of efficiency and, and running level as Saquon Barkley. And that's what it was, unfortunately. So I, I want a running back coach that can, that can, that if there's one position where I'm like, I want a guy that can relate to the players and kind of talk like a player and talk with these guys. It is running backs coach because you know, he, if Saquon Barkley is on the team next year, we need somebody to tap into his brain, not just his body. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they um, made a huge just... offer. They made a huge offer to a coach who turned it down to go to Notre Dame. I forgot his name. They made a huge offer to a running backs coach, but he turned it down for Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, well, you know, maybe it's an old, maybe it's alma mater. You know what I mean? Maybe that's okay. the reason why some of these guys like to coach. Uh, there's a there's a, a Bain is in the uh, Bain wanted to know about Julius Randall, but I got I got giant opinion sports right so. He has here. I'll put it up on the screen just for laughter because this is kind of what my day was today. It says, um, you know, commanders with the with the you know the <laughs> cracking up face. And so I was in D.C. today, right? I was in I was in right outside of Maryland with with a client, and he said, "What's the rest of you know?" He's like, "You're from New Jersey, right? You cover the Giants." And he's like, "What's the rest of the league think?" I go, "I think we're all kind of laughing." I'm like, "Because the first thing is like people are saying is one is they're calling them commies." But two, they're going commando. They're like literally the joke is how many people are showing up to the stadium wearing no underwear. I mean, like you know, like it's it's like why would they name themselves that? So the so the one of the uh, you know they were saying like people really didn't you know in the in the region while they don't like Snyder, they weren't offended by the name. They took it as a you know a a, a cool warrior name that was naming their team. It wasn't anything detrimental. And I said to her. Look, if they really were smart about it, they come up two years with commanders. Hogs is what they're known for. They should have been, they should have went with Razorbacks because that is a hog. And if you go with Razorbacks, what do you do? You get to keep the R for Redskin. So, like, I mean, hello, I could have gave them that in 15 minutes, not two years. So, yeah. Is there, is there, is there trademark rights with that? Because that's Arkansas, obviously. Yeah, Does but I matter? don't. I, I can't. I can't think they own the name Razorback. Okay. 
Okay. Like, you know, like, listen, the, the Boston College is the Eagles, aren't they? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's Falcons out there. I'm sure there's Ram- like Colorado's the Rams, aren't they? Yeah. Colorado State. Yeah. That's yeah. True, so, yeah. yeah. McBride, right? McBride's a Ram. All right. Speed round for you, Justin. And then I'll let you go. So, again, I know you got plenty of other things to do to hang out with us. All right. Here we go. Your pick, first round, edge or O line? Where do you go? Edge. Okay, the player you bring back from the Wayback Machine, Bradshaw, <laughs> Plax, or Tumor? You get to bring one of them back. Tumor would fit Dable's system. Love it. See, I always knew he's a thinker. That's why I, I asked him that question. <laughs> Normally, everybody goes, of course, Plax. I knew he would put some thought into it. So I, 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 I love it. All right. Win with an overtime field goal or Hail Mary? Hail Mary. All right. Yeah. Oh, love yeah. It. Who is number 80? McConkie, Shockey, or Cruz? McConkie being so upset that he didn't score that touchdown in Super Bowl 21 is one of my favorite things ever. So I'm going to go McConkie. Why not? All right. So you're going. I love it. All right. So 80 is McConkie. All right. Free agent you wish had stayed. Oh. Is this just in general or recent? Anything you want, as long as it's Giants related. Steve Smith with the Giants. Wish he stayed. You remember that was tough, though, because he had the knee injury and never really came right. back. So. He had a hundred so plus catch season in two thousand nine, and then he left. This is Justin's pick. Right. <laughs> I like it. Okay. I love. I have. I have a fascination with him. Yeah. Now I got. By the way, Justin. Um, somewhere on my old computer, I interviewed him. Uh, in two thousand eleven. That's awesome. And, yeah, and he was he was such a like a gentle soul, like laid back dude. Like it was cool. Um. All right. One player in 2022 you have to have back. Blake, Ryan, Bradbury, Peppers. Blake. Love it. See, we, we're more alike than you think, my friend. <laughs> um, okay, Jones or draft pick in 2023? We're in 2022. Uh, draft pick. All right. One jersey, you get to retire. Who is it? One jersey, I get to retire. Eli was just retired. Um, This is, you know what? O.C. Umanura was my favorite player growing up. O.C. Umanura. All right. Like it. All right. Last one. I know you're not drinking because you're doing the diet. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think you drink anyway, do you? I don't think. No, I, no, I don't. I, I'm, I'm a cigar guy, and 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 yes. good for me, cigars don't make me gain weight. Yes, because yeah. I've been at a bar with you, with with uh, Spiro and Jeff, and and I yeah. remember you telling me. All right, so, but in this, humor me in this one. Yes, you're in a bar fight. Sure. What giant do you want sitting next to you? In you know, to get your back. I feel like the easy answer is Brandon Jacobs. It's just, okay. it's just the easy answer. Absolutely. I always go with Keith Hamilton, the hammer, because just, <laughs> because, because that because that dude was so scary just to look at. You'd be like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit recent. I'm gonna say Nick Gates. 
Yes. He commented right. on, on on my Instagram post tonight. Oh. Which is fun. I posted a picture of me from uh I posted a picture of me from 2011. I was taking a picture with the Hooters girl and I had a Nebraska Cornhuskers uh uh tank top on and he's like, "I see that shirt." I'm like, "Oh, thanks, Nick." You think he comes back? You know what? Because we're Nick Gates fans. We're Nick Gates fans, and he tweeted out Talking Giants versus the world. He's going to come back stronger than ever. I have to be the fanboy there. Yeah. I I hope so, man, because he just, he's had so many, you know, he's got a major setback. So it's like, I hope, I hope, I mean, everybody's rooting for him. I just, I didn't know if you had any. uh, And guess what? He was really, really good at guard, and we need guards. He was actually really good. He's like good at at everything that they asked him to do. He was good at tackle. He He was good at tackle in 2019. He's yeah, good at everything you know they asked him to do. I'm I'm upset. You know why I'm upset? Because he got hurt playing guard, not center. If they didn't First move game. him to guard that day, if they don't move him to guard that day, the question is, does he get hurt if he's not playing guard? I blame Billy Price. Yeah. I blame <laughs> Billy Price. We all blame Billy Price. Uh, thank, thanks, uh, Sam, GOS, Bain, Mark Thompson. Sorry. Uh Offered, oh, yeah, the offer to Notre Dame. So, Mark from the Bahamas or, or somewhere out in the Caribbean, thanks for checking in. We got tons of guys in here. Uh, you're listening to another episode of the Giants Guy. Um, Justin, you know, love to have you back. I know you're a busy man, but we, we appreciate the insight. Make sure you check out the Talk of Giants, guys. I know you guys all out there listen to them. You know, I get your scraps, which I'm okay with, by the way. Um, you know, they're friends of the show. We love listening to these guys. Bobby, Snacks, the whole grump, all those guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to another episode of Giants Guys, mygiantsrush.com. Thursday, Thursday, people. Big draft show. Okay, NY Giants Draft Rush Show with Michael Stewart, the truth, and Spartan Mike. Bring your questions for those guys. They talk, I don't even know. I, they go on for long, like like hour, at no. least talking about, about the draft and, and truth or false and hot and not hot. So if you got if you're if you're a draft junkie, and I know there's a lot of you are draft junkies, Stewart's the guy. That's why we call him the truth. Tune in on Thursday. Uh, we're O U T out.